0: This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Don't go that. Welcome to Yak Radio, the radio show that's about, well, who knows? It's a different topic every week, but Yak Radio is always full of information to help you and your family get through life. Now here's your Yak Radio host, Dave Stahl. Don't go that. Yak Radio, FM 96.1 AM
1: 1170, the answer i got a special show for you today. If you've been listening to Gun Owners Radio, we've been having Not Me SD on multiple times. And Desi uh, uh, Bergman is the, uh, what's your title?
2: Project manager.
1: I like that. Project manager of Not Me SD. And I have been such a strong proponent, I just felt that they needed an hour uh, to where it's, it's filter-free they can talk about what they want. If you have questions or concerns that you would like to know more about it, even though we're going to do an hour, what's a good place for them to go?
2: Go to notmesd.org and you can submit your questions and find some more answers.
1: And you folks will get back to them. You have ambassadors online, but we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll get started on that. But let's start off with what is Not Me S.D.?
2: That's a great question, Dave, and I would like to turn that question over to Wendy. Wendy, are you there?
3: Yes, I am.
1: Hi, Wendy. How are you doing?
2: Good. How are you? Great. Wendy, unfortunately, doesn't have much of a voice today, so we're going to bear with her as she gets through this. (laughs) So, Wendy, I would love to start with, can you tell us a little bit of the history of Not Me and why you created it?
3: Sure. So, uh, just under three years ago, um, there, it was uh, right around the height of the Me Too movement, and um, so we were looking around, and as part of San Diego County Gun Owners, we realized that we had the expertise available to help women um, become their own first protectors. So we created this program called Not Me. It started here in San Diego, um, and I'm so sorry about my voice. I'm uh, getting over a cold and I've just completely lost my voice. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we, you know, we wanted to be able to utilize our expertise as gun owners and as women to help, um, help women feel more comfortable becoming gun owners. So we help them in three different ways. We help them find the right kind of training that's appropriate for where they are in their firearms journey. We help them, um, purchase and select and go through the process of what it is to buy a firearm and also we provide lots of assistance in getting a concealed weapons permit.
1: Gotcha. Um, So with that being said uh, what's been the general response?
3: Oh it's been so positive. Um, You know the the really cool thing about the program is that it's a one-on-one mentorship experience. So we have experienced female gun owners who have gone through all of these things. They've gotten training, they've purchased and selected firearms that are right for them. And most of them also have their CCW and this, this one-on-one experience for these brand new gun owners they're, um They just feel so much more comfortable asking another woman who has gone through all of these things. Cause one of the, the problems with, um, with women who are becoming new gun owners is that it's a very male dominated industry. And so when they go to a class or when they go to a gun shop, generally it's mostly men there. And so a lot of the times it's really easy to feel intimidated or just kind of feel like, Oh, Hey, I'm the only person in this room who has no idea what's going on. Um, And so to know that there are other women out there who have gone through the same process, and to be able to ask questions in a really comfortable environment, where we, you know, we tell them there are no stupid questions here. You know, whether it's something as simple as, you know, what what are different calibers of ammunition, and why, you know, what's a roster of handguns approved for sale? Why can't I buy all these other handguns that are available in other states? Um, or, you know, what do I do when I when I bring it home and I have small children? What's the best way for me to store it? So these are all questions that. Pretty much all of us go through, Um, but to be able to ask another woman and get that female perspective has been super helpful. And we've had so much success and seen so many women go through the program already. So it's been really, really great. It's been a really positive response.
2: Yeah, so Dave, these are our ambassadors that we have, and we have roughly anywhere from 15 to 20 ladies that volunteer their time to help these women that are coming to us for help. Right. And these ambassadors are basically there to hold these women's hands through the process to make sure that they are getting all of their answers, you know, answered that they needed or questions answered that they needed. And they're really there to kind of guide them through the process because, like Wendy said, guns are very intimidating for a lot of women, right, because it is a very male-dominated industry. So to have someone there to kind of help walk them through the process, I mean— that means a lot, even if it's just a simple question on, hey, I don't know what kind of gun to buy, right? Like we all, of course, have our preferences. I know Winnie doesn't like Glocks, but I love my Glocks, right? <laughs> so it's a difference in opinion, which is great, sure. but it's an awesome program to, again, help these women learn these answers that they're looking for.
1: Well, and I think what I found so so exciting about the program is once you become part of Not Me SD, it doesn't end – at the end of the process correct if anything you may end up being a ambassador correct i mean because that's where i mean it's not like you put an ad in the paper looking for gun owner ambassadors (laughs) please apply from within you guys are kind of building you know your own uh your, your own ambassadors from within
2: and Dave, I love when we have ladies that come through the program that come mm-hmm. full circle and now want to volunteer their yeah. time because they've been through their program, right. right? We helped them get their CCW. They've learned like what the program's about, and they've loved their experience. So now they want to give back. Right. I mean, we have a handful of ladies that have completely done that. I mean, and it's a great community to be a part of because these ambassadors, like, you know, everybody loves to shoot, and we all have the same message. So it really does kind of become a sisterhood, which I absolutely love.
1: Right. And and it's and when you say sisterhood, this is forever. Correct. I mean, these are friends you'll have. And, you know, it may not always just be gun-related. It could be anything related.
2: But it is fun to go to the range with a group of girls. I mean, you don't see that that often where, you know, you have like 10 girls on the range of shooting together. (laughs) But, I mean, when we go to a range, we kind of take over. (laughs) And then the
1: guys are going, "Uh, uh, excuse me, uh, when are we getting on the range? Pretty much. (laughs) As soon as the ladies are done. (laughs) Ladies first. Go sit down. Clean your weapon.
2: Exactly. (laughs) Now, Wendy, I would love to talk a little bit more about kind of like the history. So not me. You started that in what 2019, correct? Yep, that's right. What was the first response to the program? I mean, I know we kind of talked that it was a great response, but do you remember kind of roughly how many applicants you had when you first launched the program? <laughs> I know <laughs> that's these a numbers. Really funny story. <laughs> yeah, you
3: do. So, uh, so we we actually had a press conference, and I remember it was on a Friday morning, um, and we we had a really great response from local media so we had pretty much every news station from san diego at this press conference and when we originally launched the program you know um uh, the executive director of san diego county gun owners michael schwartz um he and i were talking about you know how to prepare to launch this program and um we were trying to trying to manage our own expectations and so we were telling ourselves you know maybe oh you know uh a couple dozen, you know, like 20, 30 applicants would be amazing. And, um, you know, we'll have to scramble a little bit. Um, you know, we had some ladies lined up to help, but um, but we just weren't prepared at all because not only did we have every news station there, including, you know, Telemundo and NBC, ABC, um, you know, all of the major news stations, um, not only that, but they also ran it Uh, multiple times the whole weekend. So, um, you know, I think KPBS ran the segment like five times. So by the end of that first weekend, we had over 100 applicants. (laughs)
2: 100. (laughs) That's insane. That's
1: insane. Well, you know, it's it's like the little company, you know, with two people saying, okay, we're ready to hit the button. And they're thinking to get (laughs) one or two. They hit the button. And all of a sudden, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And I, and I think exactly. that's, yeah, exactly. And I think that bodes well with the content of the program. All right, let's go ahead and take a quick break. You can hang around, go take a throat lozenger, and we'll get you back here in a moment, folks. You are listening to Not Me SD right here on FM 96.1 AM
2: 1170. The Answer.
1: All right, folks, welcome back to S- Not Me SD right here on Yak Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170.
2: The answer.
1: All right. Hey, we got Desi Ber- Berman. Bergman. Ber- Bergman. And Wendy Hoffman. Right. And they're, uh, Wendy is the originator of Not Me SD. And Desi is... Uh, the based-
2: project manager.
1: And you're an ambassador as well.
2: I am. I do a little bit of everything.
1: Yeah, you do sort of do a little bit of everything. So... Tell the folks where we're we going to go on our next segment.
2: On our next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about the current state and the future state of Not Me. Wendy, you still there?
4: Yes, I am.
2: Awesome. So right now, we currently have 500 graduates in the cool. Not Me SD program. So, wow. Dave, that means that we've helped 500 women purchase their firearm for the first time. We've helped them get training, and we've helped them get their CCW, which is fantastic fantastic, but I want to talk about the future state of Not Me, and what we're going to talk about is Not Me Mm CA. So, Wendy, you want to touch on that a little bit?
3: Sure. Yeah, it's super exciting. So, um, over the last year, we have expanded into Orange County. We have Not Me OC, and we've also expanded into the Inland Empire. So, we have Not Me IE. Um, so, for those of you listening in Orange County, you can go to notmeoc.org, or you can, or if you uh, are in Inland Empire, you can go to notmeie.org. Um, so, what our goal um, is that over the next couple of months, we're going to be creating a 501c3 to help run this, uh, all of these programs. Um, so, we'll be able to accept tax deductible donations. Um, we've already got some really, really excellent pledges uh, to help make this program possible uh, all across the state. So, you know, our long-term goal is to have chapters like this all over the state, and even potentially in other uh, other states. You know, across the country, we've gotten a lot of requests from. You know, I've gotten I've spoken to people in uh, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Florida, um, Utah, about. Uh, implementing this program in other states because you know it's it's um, almost entirely volunteer run. It's just these ambassadors giving back to the firearms community with a little bit of time and knowledge, and it's it's fairly simple to implement and to help create a comfortable space. And you can see from the response that we got in San Diego that. This is something that's really needed. There are so many women out there who are really interested in becoming gun owners, and they just don't know where to start. And this is—so we're, we're there to help them get started.
2: Yeah, they're not like you and I, Dave, where we have thousands of you know gun owner friends that right. we can go to and ask for help. Right. You know, I've never asked Wendy for help about a Glock, but— and ask for help about other firearm-related <laughs> issues, of course. She
1: is not going to leave that Glock alone, Wendy. I'm sorry, Wendy.
2: I have I to tease you about I'm that.
1: Totally. So, as, as a, a non woman, let me ask you: for a woman, <laughs> if I was going to, if I belong to Not Me SD, mm-hmm. and then I moved to OC, am I going to see the same kind of a program? Yes.
2: You're going to see because so we- it's
1: almost a franchise. If You know, without it being a franchise, it could be a franchise.
2: We're taking the blueprint of Not Me SD and using that in other counties. Yeah, because
1: when people do move, like, say, even out of state, if there's another, you know, Not Me program, you want it to be just as comfortable for that person whether exactly. they're in California or Montana. Of
2: course. Gotcha. And the great thing about Not Me is, you know, we're very centered around firearms, right? Like, that's our mission is to help mm-hmm, women mm-hmm. with all of their firearms questions. But what we also like to do is help promote other forms of self-defense. Right. So we love to partner, not really partner, promote our local, you know, self-defense classes. So, mm-hmm. like, we've done some Krav Maga classes, which have been really fun to take and very empowering. And we've also worked with like CCW USA and USCCA and done a situational awareness and pepper spray class. Mm. So again, these are all just great other tools for women to have in their tool belt. So let's say they don't have their CCW, so they can't carry a firearm and they want to protect themselves somehow, right? It's not always about a firearm. Of course, that's what we want to work with, but it's not always just about that. So that's why we help promote these other forms of self-defense for other women. Right. So that's awesome. Now, Wendy, I love telling the story, and I know you've heard the story before, but I I really love to tell it. And it's one of our success stories about a lady that's been through our program, right? So last year, as an ambassador, I reached out to one of our applicants, and let's call her Ella. And I'd like to change her name to protect her privacy. absolutely. Right? Now, Ella was looking to get her CCW, and she told me her story. And as she spoke, I could hear the tears behind her words, and I knew this was going to be a tough story to tell. Mm -hmm. Ella was a property manager... And one day she was visiting some vac- vacant unit she was looking to rent out. And as she opened the door to one unit, she found a guy squatting in there. Ella told the guy to leave, but instead of leaving, he pulled her inside and pushed her up against the wall.
0: Mm.
2: Ella tried to fight him off, but as she did, he pulled a knife out against her and sliced her in her thigh. And they took the knife to the th- her throat and proceeded to sexually assault her. Ella was helpless in this situation. And Ella came to us because she wanted the tools to protect herself so she wouldn't be a victim Mm. again. Now, Dave, Ella is a badass, right? She's Mm -hmm. strong. She's independent. She's a fighter. Just like so many others, she never thought she'd be in a situation that this would happen to her. Unfortunately, think about it. It's not just the physical trauma we have to deal with, but also the mental trauma she went through and is going to have to deal with for the rest of her life. Even the strongest women get put into situations where they are helpless to defend themselves. Now, Dave, Ella is one of the 500 women that has come to us for help, but you know our work here has just begun, and there are so many other women out there who need us, not just in San Diego, right. but Inland Empire. You've got Orange County now, but think of all the mothers, daughters, sisters, and wives who need our help, right? We want to be a part of their empowerment, and we want to help them find their strength, and we want women to help, to help women become their own protector. Absolutely. I mean, that's the mission of Not Me SD. I,
1: and, and it couldn't have been better written, and the fact that it's true makes it even more impactful. Uh, I I keep having this thing ring through my ear. An armed society is a kind society. And if everybody knew that pretty much most women included were armed, she wouldn't run into a situation like what she ran into. Correct. Yeah, I know. I'm telling you. And I like the fact that you guys teach more than gun ownership and gun operation because... Really, the gun should be almost the last resort.
2: Of course. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. And if you think about it, the consequences in California to actually have to use your firearm, they are detrimental to you, correct? Like you might get away in criminal court, but then in civil court, you know, that family is going to try to sue you because of what you did, even though you were in the right. So the consequences are, I don't even like to think about them because of how bad that they can be. But to your point, Dave, a firearm is a last resort, but it should be there just in case because when it comes to a point where it's your life or mine or that criminal's death or mine, I'm going to choose mine every time regardless of what those consequences are.
1: Well, and and, and in defending that, you also can uh, educate your, your, your students on organizations that can protect you after you've been uh, assaulted. And maybe you did use your firearm because you're going to have to lawyer up Correct, and we have organizations within this community that do it so inexpensively that you can, and you find that out by going through uh, not me SD,
2: not me SD. We definitely have those resources, but on the SDCGO website, mm-hmm. which is just sdcgo.org, under resources, we actually have a legal protection tab that we've gone through the f- top four firearms legal protections, asked them all the same questions. Mm-hmm. And so we have all of their responses there for you to look at and choose your best legal protection. Right. And SD... SDCGO.org. Uh, that's San Diego County
1: gun owners. I know, <laughs> yes. say it. I always say it because I do the commercial. But those are another great place. And, and, of course, Not Me, SD, is on that site as well. Correct. Uh, so, Wendy, what... Did we ask her the question, why did she even start this program?
2: We did, but, Wendy, do you want to answer that again?
1: Yeah, just for maybe somebody just tuned in.
2: Sure. So, um,
3: you know, when I first became a gun owner, I'll tell a little different perspective. When I first became a gun owner, one of the things that happened to me was that I was the only gun owner that I knew. So I didn't have anybody really to ask questions to. Um, and, you know, when you go on Google, it's, it's just like, you know, giant rabbit hole of all the information that you could possibly want, but have no way to figure out what information is appropriate to you. Mm-hmm. And so my idea was to be able to partner up with someone who knew what they were talking about and had gone through those experiences and had had to ask the same questions, particularly from a female perspective, and to let me feel comfortable figuring out what, What kinds—not just the answers to my questions, but also what kinds of questions to Mm -hmm. ask—and so that's kind of where the program uh, created from, and it's grown so much, particularly with Desi's help over the last couple of years, and um, and I'm just so grateful for all of the women that contribute their time to making this program possible.
1: And and, you know, one other thing to state is your family. Was not into guns at all. So it's not like, you know, you grew up, you know, going duck hunting and, and rabbit hunting and things like that. Right. So you had absolutely nobody that you could turn to that's within your circles that you could trust to get the right answer. So that makes it even scarier. And plus, you only weigh, what, 90 pounds and you're five foot tall? <laughs> I mean,
3: I wish, I wish. Well, but you know what
1: I'm saying? I mean, you're not an yeah. ominous. Figure walking down the street, so you could be a target, you know, along with other people too. So that had to be, when you look back on it, an extremely scary experience.
3: Yeah, I agree, and there's definitely a lot of women who we hear have the exact same situation where they're, you know, they're petite women. Maybe some of them live alone, they yeah. travel alone, um, and and they just don't really know where to start. And it's really easy to um get that advice and we we don't want that to happen. We right. want everyone to have a really positive and safe experience when it comes to guns.
2: Absolutely. And, Dave, another thing to keep in mind too is not me SD is completely free. So right. we don't charge women to actually go through our program, right? like this is a free resource. All of our ambassadors are volunteers that
1: I was gonna say, it's so free. If you become an ambassador, you're not gonna get paid.
2: Exactly. But you're going to have the time,
1: you're going to have the time of your life, you're going to meet some of the most amazing ladies, and, and also by working with San Diego County gun owners and going to different events and going to shot shows and things like that, you're going to be around like-minded friends.
2: Yes, and the gun community in San Diego, people don't really know too much about it. Like, I don't know how many people that I meet, they're like, wait, we have
1: we have, like, we have local
2: presence. We have Second Amendment support here in San Diego. It's like, yes, like, this is who we are, right?
1: Or we have a gun range. We really have gun range. We, we do
2: have those around town, believe it or not. Well, because
1: California is so restrictive. You know, we won't get into it, but if you looked at the gun roster compared to Texas— I mean, Don't get us started, Dave. I you? know. I'm just, <laughs> that's why I did it right at the very end before we take a break. Do not touch that dial. We're coming back with more Not Me SD on FM 96.1 AM
2: 1170.
1: The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Not Me SD right here on Yak Radio with Dave Stahl. FM 96.1 AM 1170.
2: The answer. That's
1: Dizzy Bergman. She is one of the folks that keep the wheels rolling on this wagon. And we've got a very special guest. We also have Wendy on the line as well. Oh, she dumped. She's going to go take another thro- throat yeah, lozenger. Gonna, exactly. Poor thing. But we've got a very special guest on the line. Feel free we to introduce. do.
2: Alex. We have Alex from Guns and Moses. Are you there?
5: I'm here. Can you hear me?
2: I can hear you. Hi, Alex. How are you today?
5: I'm doing great.
2: Well, thanks for calling in. What was the name of his group?
5: Guns and Moses. We yeah. are a Jewish shooting club.
1: How cool is that? Pretty, yeah. tricky, pretty trippy little name, too. Do you got t-shirts? Uh, yes.
2: They do. <laughs> I'm going
1: to get me one.
2: Alex, we got to get David a t-shirt now.
5: Yeah, we do. Oh, God. All right. I'll I'll, I'll get on that. There you go.
2: So Alex is here today to talk about the rise in women shooters. So, Alex, let's talk a little bit more about the trends that you've seen, you know, within your program and the rise of women on the range.
5: Yeah. So actually, in most most of my classes, uh, more than half of the new shooters have been women. More than half.
2: Can you believe that?
1: That's
5: amazing.
1: Now... now I guess I'm being dumb. Do they have to be Jewish? <laughs> uh
5: it is a Jewish shooting club but no no you don't have to ah. be Jewish uh, and uh you know we have many uh who have participated that have not been Jewish but uh they do want to uh, have to want to be um um into armed self protection sure yeah and uh that's what people learn and we have people of all uh you know at different levels of uh, beginners and uh a lot continue into intermediate and advanced groups but uh you will you will always see um uh, om- almost always more more than half are women, mm-hmm. which is why we also have a lot of families now participating. one of the things I always tell people is you know when when a husband shoots the the hu- husband shoots. But when the woman starts shooting, the whole family shoots. Interesting. So women influence the family.
1: Well, sure they do. You know, the woman. I mean, we won't even go there. But I, <laughs> but I know exactly what you're saying. Now, was that a surprise to you? The the influx of of women wanting to be part of your program. Uh,
5: you know, uh, maybe it's just a personal thing. But uh, I would be surprised if they weren't. Ah, very good. It, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's. Um, uh is just natural you know it's a it's a great equalizer and i think uh, anybody who um thinks about personal safety just has to has to has to consider armed self-defense as one of their options and that it is especially um you know if you're not uh you know if if uh, if you're female or if you're older uh or you know you you know you're not going to become uh, very great at, run, uh, or at the ability to run away or fight, mm-hmm. and, uh, but, you know, you still might have to. So, uh, you know, it's, it's very understandable to me that so many of the participants are women.
2: Now, Alex, let's talk a little bit about why women would be scared to come and learn how to shoot. So let's talk about some of these negative experiences that women go through before they even get to a range.
5: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so many uh, that I meet, and they say, "Oh, I, I, I wish I've done this, started this earlier." But uh, very often they have a very negative first experience with, um, you know, with a family member, an ex-boyfriend. They went once, they had a bad experience, and uh, you know, they they, they don't want to do it again, or they don't want to do it again for a very long time. So I, I do always suggest um that uh you know everybody's trained with uh in a group such as not me as D or with a uh somebody who is able to uh teach beginners. Because there's a lot of great shooters out there but that doesn't mean that they're great at teaching beginners uh, and putting everybody at ease and doing it the proper way, and people like you know you and I, we do it all the time. So you know it's better to entrust the new shooters to to people like us to uh, to get them the good start. And after they get the good start, then there's no stopping them.
2: I love when women come to me and say, "Yeah, I would never listen to my husband or my boyfriend. That's why I came to you." Because women love to listen to women who are experienced, especially with firearms. There's just something about it that they don't want to listen to their boyfriend. They don't want to listen to their husband. And they're like, uh-uh. I'm going to go to these ladies because they know what they're doing. Exactly. And that's exactly what they come that's to us for. So l- let's talk right. more it, about training. Yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, the, uh, starting everybody at their level, and uh, you know, the uh, my program and your program starts at beginners in the same way. Everybody's on one one-on-one with a mentor, and uh, this is how you ensure safety and comfort, and really one-on-one attention. You don't want to push anybody for, forward too, too fast, and you don't want to, uh, you know, have somebody who's uh, who's more capable, more experienced, uh, you know, making very easy shots and all the time and, you know, which leads to them thinking, oh, I don't need to do this. I'm already great at this.
2: No, exactly. And Alex, one thing that you and I both know is women are more times than not the target of attacks, right? Because they're, we're seen as the, the weaker and less likely to defend ourselves. Because Let's face it. Men were created to be stronger than women. And as much as I train in the gym, Alex, I'm never going to be as strong as you because you're strong as an ox. But we teach that guns can be an equalizer for women. And that will help them defend themselves against an attack. Uh,
5: absolutely, and uh, you know it's um, it's very sad to me that there's a lot of bad uh, bad advice out there for um, for women to prevent them from um, uh, from training uh, with firearms. Uh, you know, somebody will mention, "Oh, I'm interested in in doing that," and somebody else will always say. Oh well, don't you know that there's you know give some random statistic about increased violence in the home that has really nothing to do with the situation of a person wanting to defend themselves and uh even wars there's a popular thing that's going around that oh don't tell us how to shoot how to defend ourselves, tell the rapist not to rape or or something like that so uh you know really instead of uh women being told to um uh to learn how to defend themselves they're saying well let's uh uh, let's have somebody else learn not to attack us, which is absolutely ridiculous.
1: So, well, then that's where they would want all women to wear turtlenecks and pants down around their ankles.
2: <laughs> and Alex, you bring up a really good point there that men should be taught not to rape. So what do we do? Send them to charm school and teach them more to be more charming, to have more manners? No, that's not going to happen, right? Because men w- learn these traits from a very young age. And once they get to a point of like adulthood, it's really hard to change that perception, Right. So you can never know who's out there that could be a rapist or want to do bad things to women, even men, of course. But what we can do is, in these cases, we can prepare women to to protect themselves. We can teach them how to shoot a gun. We can help them buy a gun for the first time. We can help them get their CCW, and we can help them be more aware of their surroundings and learn other forms of self-defense. Like I know Alex and I both have done Krav Maga, so that's a really great form of self-defense as well that's out there, Right. But knowing how to defend yourself is a great sense of empowerment for women because, again, you just never know who's out there that could be potentially a rapist or want to do you bodily harm. And, again, for women, we are more targets of attack just because we are women and we're perceived as the weaker sex, of course. But what happens if you mess with a woman and she's carrying a gun or she might know how to defend herself in these situations because you just never know now? Yeah.
5: And it's usually also all inclusive. I find that women that start taking care of uh, their personal safety in one way, uh, will will do it in, in all other ways. So they start learning to shoot. All of a sudden, they're thinking about other things, uh, you know, other self-defense or just uh, situational awareness, and uh, be being more ready to defend themselves. They they are less likely to be attacked because they are no longer perceived as uh, you know e- easy targets. Correct. Uh, regardless of their size or age.
2: Well, again, a firearm is considered an equalizer, and we talk about that so much, like the Not Me SD program. And I know with Guns and Moses, too, Alex, you, you talk about this a lot. You know, men are always going to be the bigger sex than women. And so if a firearm, it's another, again, an equalizer tool. It's something that we can use to protect ourselves against these attacks. And even though we might not always have our firearm with us, again, that's why we talk about other forms of self-defense, too, that we can utilize as well. Mm-hmm.
5: And that's great. And, and, and that's why I love your program so much.
1: Well, I think it builds confidence within the woman to where she never had it before. And granted, you know, the gun is not the last resort, where it, it should be the last resort. But with having confidence, knowing that that is there, then that prepares her for the initial, you know, where the guy comes up, hey, cutie, you know, what do you do? You know, that kind of thing. Then she'll know how to handle herself way early before it gets so bad that a gun has to be involved.
2: Well, we would hope that women would recognize situations and right. be more aware, right? Because a lot of these attacks can happen in a dark alley, right? Like they're in places right. that we shouldn't be in in the and first place. they wouldn't place. be
1: there until – but once they learn or go to, you know, Not Me SD, then they know not to go into a dark alley. They know that if they're going to go out, maybe they have a co-worker go with them. Because that used to drive me crazy when I worked in the car business – when the sun went down, I never let, and it was funny. I never let anybody go to their car alone, male or female.
2: You just never know what can happen. Because you just
1: never, and I needed those people to be with me, and they were like family. And and I think that's what makes this program, you know, your program as well as not me SD, so so important. And it's interesting. It's like a little tidal wave. You know, these programs like yours and 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 Wendy's and Desi's. It's like a little tidal wave. Every year, more and more people know, more and more people join, and then pretty soon this whole mindset is going to be changed from what I can see.
2: Well, that's what we're trying to do is we're right. trying to change the mindset of you know individuals that are out there, especially women, right. to be their own protector and to not be afraid to go learn how to shoot. Because, again, firearms are very intimidating. I mean, sure when you pull that trigger and it goes bang, like it definitely startles people the first time they do that. And it's, there's a lot of bad perception out there about firearms in the community and, you know, oh, guns kill people, but you and I don't no, that's know not that's not the case. I mean, I hate that narrative. And Alex, you and I talk about that all the time is that narrative is so, I don't know, it just drives me crazy when I hear that because firearms don't kill people. It's a person that pulls the trigger that does, right? right? And so that's why- yeah, it's,
5: am- it's absolutely destructive. And, and then the worst thing about those false narratives is it prevents uh, women from yep. embracing these life-saving skills. Yeah. And uh, you know that that has to change.
1: Well, look how many people die in a car.
2: Right. So if guns kill people, does that mean that cars you know, if kill I, people? Or if I pick up food and eat food, it makes me fat.
1: Right. Well, I'm not, I am not going there. Let me tell you.
2: I mean, it's a similar concept, exactly though, right? right. I yeah. mean, guns don't kill people. We know that people like Just do we, your homework exactly, exactly. And gun owners that know how to use our firearms and we follow yeah. all the laws, like we're not going to be the ones to go out there and commit these crimes, right? We are the law-abiding citizens. Yeah. that follow- How many gun
1: ownerships as here in the United States? And and look at the look at the the problems with legitimate gun owners. Zero. Exactly. It's the criminals that. You know, people should be going after, not the honest, to goodness, law abiding uh, gun owner. All right. We're going to take a quick break, man. It was awesome having you on the show, buddy. Looking forward Alex. to, to doing this again. Keep up the good work. And uh, give us a, a, a website.
5: Yeah, uh, give us a website so people can find you. Our website's not up. <laughs> well,
2: you can go to notmesd.org then, and I'll get you guys in contact with Alex if you guys have there questions you for go. him.
5: No, that's right. Uh, yeah, uh, You can always uh, email me uh, uh, about Guns and Moses at uh, gunsandmosessd at com. Okay. Uh, that's my normal form of communication. Perfect. Thanks a lot, buddy.
1: And uh, we'll get you a copy of this show so you can put it on your website when you get Thank it. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Not Me, SD on Yak Radio, FM one AM 1170.
2: The Answer.
1: back to Not Me, SD, right here on Yak Radio with Dave Stahl on FM 96.1 AM 1170.
2: The answer. That's
1: Desi Bergman. She is, you're the coordinator?
2: Project manager, Dave. We've gone Why through the Why can I not think, think about segments. project Man-
1: You just remind me of somebody that just kind of runs it all, but that's okay. Project manager's good. So who you got coming, calling in?
2: I have Christy Bruce Lane calling in. Christy, are you there? I am here. Hi. Hi. How are you today? Um good. How are you guys? Excellent. Great. Thanks for calling in.
4: You're very welcome. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me.
2: So, Dave, Christy is currently running for State Assembly. Mm-hmm. And Christy, if I remember correctly, they just realigned the districts, and your new district is a winnable one. Is that correct?
4: That is correct. So I am currently now realigned to District 76. So 76 uh, notoriously was on the coast, but they moved it in. And so now it encompasses San Marcos, Escondido, uh, Rancho Bernardo, Forest Ranch, Del Dios, Rancho Santa Fe, Fairbanks Ranch, San Pascal. It's uh, quite a uh, surprise uh, the way they redistrict this, this, but it's good for me because this is a very winnable
2: district, and we look uh, forward to taking this seat back. Yes, and this will be a Republican seat this time, right? That is exactly right. And that's how we love it. (laughs) So, Christy, you and I... I know we work in two completely different industries, right? Like I work in the gun industry. You have your own thing that you're doing, but we have a same goal in mind. And part of that is helping women that are victims of domestic violence or sexual assault, right? That is
3: correct. Talk to me a little
2: bit about what you do and how you're involved. And I know we got some statistics to go over, so we got a lot to talk about in a short amount of time.
4: Yep. So uh, my background is largely in healthcare, care, uh, which ties into this a little bit as well in agriculture. But yes, we do have something in common. I am the founder and president of the Sunprint Project Foundation. And what we do is we focus in on the children of uh, domestic violence. Uh, but as far as domestic violence is concerned, um, you know, COVID really brought it out, brought it to light and put it on the map for people uh, to understand just how serious it is. Uh, Just an overview. Overview though, statistically, one in three women and one in four men are victims of domestic violence by an intimate partner, and that is underreported. One in four women and one in seven men are victims of severe physical violence, which is typically reported. And um, according to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, uh, domestic violence is categorically on all levels underreported. So. Uh, Where my foundation comes in is not only to help the women, but uh, we really focus in on the children and what does to them. But this equates to millions of children being exposed to domestic violence in the United States alone. And there is a great cost to society because of this.
2: Yeah, I mean, we have to not think about just like the physical trauma that these kids and women go through, right, Christy? We also think about the mental trauma and how that, you know, will be with them for the rest of their lives, right?
4: Absolutely. So, you know, there's six types of abuse. And it can, can occur in many different forms, uh, you know, one to two to three at the same time, but there's physical, emotional, sexual, technological, financial, and then abuse by immigration status. So the cost of intimate partner violence in the United States alone exceed 5.8 billion. And that's with a B per year. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's huge. And, and, um, $4.1 $4.1 billion are, are for direct medical and health care services, while productivity losses account for nearly $1.8 billion. So it's a definite cost to our society.
2: And Christy, you talked about statistics where one in, one in three women are victims of domestic violence, but that's very, very underreported, um, right? So that could be one mm-hmm. in two, or I mean, those statistics would definitely be a lot higher because women aren't reporting these things, Correct
4: that is correct a large amount of you know part of women won't report it um you know due to various reasons Uh, maybe they don't want to break up their family there's you know they don't want to break up their because kids are involved or they're ashamed Uh, they don't know how to get out of the situation there's many different reasons Uh, but what i would like your audience to know is please don't judge these women but what i'd like the women to know are that there is help there is resources available that's out there and uh, the community will surround you and help you through this situation. But, you know, I want to go back to COVID. COVID really put this on the map um, because the women and the kids were trapped behind closed doors. You had the pressure of the family where uh, maybe the main income earner lost their job. And a lot of times we weren't used to being stuck indoors with, with our intimate partner, right? For that long amount of time. Um, if there were addiction involved, and that certainly heightened the awareness of uh, domestic violence. But, you know, uh, statistics say it all. And uh, back in the time of COVID, you know, the, we saw an initial decrease in calls by the San Diego Police Department as about 12 percent. But service providers saw something quite different. In fact, the calls increased and the volume and severity increased. So statistically, like you could look at places like Seattle, which with an increase of 21 percent. Portland, an increase of 27%, Boston, an increase in 22%. Um, And there are statistics even locally. According to the April 2021 report by SANDAG, in 2020, the total was 17,679 incidents alone. That was up 1% from 2019. Um, And most of those incidences came in during the first three months of the year, and it ranged it from an increase to six to ten percent, but it continued to fluctuate. But I'll tell you, across all jurisdictions, and there were eleven that reported, there were uh, one year increases in domestic violence incidents. They ranged in San Diego from one percent to thirty one percent. Wow! So there was, yeah, it was incredible. Um, more importantly, and, and that's what I focus on with my foundation, that the child exposure was about twenty to twenty five percent, conservatively. And a lot of these children were eyewitnesses to these assaults, and it, it really does, uh, you know, wire their brain negatively, encodes that child's developing brain, um, you know, creating those negative neural pathways that are formed. It really affects the children. Um, so, it is so important that we pay attention to this. We equip the moms, you know, and or fathers sometimes, because uh, statistically, I read to you one in four and one in seven men. Um, to handle this situation and I will say that domestic violence is generational and the parents have the power to break this cycle and that is so powerful and it's a a powerful position to be in but the decision has to be deliberate it's got to be a deliberate mindset and it's got to be met with consistency
2: No, 100%. Like you're really hitting it on the the nail there. And when you talk about the rise in numbers because of COVID, I mean, from my standpoint, you know, I was brought on to help with Not Me SD, you know, when COVID started. And within a matter of a week of everybody being locked down, I had almost 100 new inquiries to the Not Me SD program. And mind you, Not Me SD was kind of SDCGO's initiative to help stop domestic violence Mm. and sexual assault within San Diego. So, you know, this was our mission. And, you know, Christy, I wonder if these numbers that I saw were definitely, they aren't coincidental to the rise in domestic violence and sexual assault, you know, because women come to us because they want our help too. I mean, Mm. they might not know how to get out of these situations, but if we can help them protect themselves in these situations, I mean, to me, that's more empowering than anything.
4: Absolutely. And it might surprise you that um, it takes about seven times, seven incidences before a woman will actually leave the relationship. So she'll keep going back, you know, and leave and go back and leave and go back seven times. And that alone should show you the struggle that they're having, you know, breaking away from this relationship. And so, Equipping these women uh, with various things like knowledge, which we bring at the Thumbprint Project Foundation for the women and what what it's doing to their children, help equipping them with resources like Not Me SD provides uh, a sense of protection. And Not Me SD, and, you know, I'm a gun, a gun owner myself, um, it, it it gives you a sense of confidence as well. And, um, these women need a, a resource. Uh, hopefully they never have to use it, but, um, it is a resource. And that's why not me FD is so important that you guys provide that as a service out into our community where women, some women, you know, will come to you like you're saying and, and, and want that training. And I think it's good, whether it's a gun training or go to self defense training, there's all sorts of resources, but it is available to these women out there. And I'm thankful that you're out in the community doing the good work that you do.
2: No, of course, Christy. I mean, again, we both have the same message and the same mission is to help these women and these families that are victims of domestic violence. I mean, it's so sad to me that women will stay in these situations because they don't know how to get out, right, and to keep going back and back. I mean, I'm very fortunate to have never been in one of those situations, right? But to Christy's point, to empower these women with these tools to help protect herself, hopefully she never has to use it, but to help her change that mindset that she can get out and she can have a tool to protect herself. I mean, empowerment for women is something that you can never take away. And that has the ripple effects in her life. That's exactly right.
4: That is exactly right. And I, what we notice here at our foundation in the community is that when it comes to the kids, that's when they, when they really start thinking about the impact on the kids, that's where they're going to think very seriously about making the break. And then they do make the break. And I'll tell you, we launched, during the time of COVID in 2020, an eight-episode docuseries called Thumbprint, Childhood Domestic Violence, The Hidden Public Crisis. It's on YouTube. It's on our website. It's on Cloudcast Media. Uh, but There's over a, a, a dozen community leaders, elected officials, police department, sheriff's department, San Diego Office of Education, psychotherapists were involved, Radies Chadwick. And, you know, it really shows the amount of resources that come together in the community when you do have a domestic violence situation and I encourage your viewers to watch it, uh, episode number three, called "The Call." Is a real live child calling in to the San Diego Police Department. It will send chills up uh, your spine. Oh but my! It's real, and um, well, you know the, the ch-
2: yeah.
1: Before I let oh. you go, before I let you go, next time you got to be more passionate. You know, I, I need some more she's, passion. She's not
0: passionate at I all. I don't think she's
1: not passionate. I think I need some more <laughs> passion. Hey, I wanted you to give out. I wanted you to give out your websites just so you know, cause this is a, just a short hour, but so I want you to be able to tell us what it is so people could go to it in their, in their relaxed time.
4: Uh, yep. So it's www.thumbprintprojectfoundation.org.
1: All right, man, got a good guest there, Dez.
2: I love Christy. Her and I actually grew up in the same town, believe oh, it or not.
1: How cool is that? Well, it was congratulations on running. Uh, hopefully people, how can people find you and help you in that avenue?
2: So you can
4: go to ChristyBruceLane.com and support me, uh, walk for me, make a donation. There Let's take this seat back.
1: You got it, kiddo. All right, Dez, that was Thank it.
2: You. Thank Not you. so BSD, much,
1: Dave. right here on FM 96. one AM
2: 1170. The answer. to get out of this place.